0: i Spaces Good morning, good afternoon and good evening, good sirs, (laughs) welcome to the fourth episode of The Lookout, we'll be proceeding with the introductions later, so this week we've got our very good guest Sam Hart, a hair product at Skate Protocol, as well as our DevRel Angus and myself, so we're going to be starting it in a bit. Wait, hold on, have I been muted the whole time? Oh
1: my goodness. Right, I've just been speaking into my phone for about three minutes and i was on mute so i guess it was a good rehearsal did you did you hear my bit about hard stop? i did not oh my goodness it was gold it was like right anyway okay here we go (laughs) start again this time so i thought i was i'm gonna have to check that next time that i'm not on mute we've only wasted three minutes uh welcome everyone to the lookout sorry that i was on mute for the first few minutes um I won't make that mistake again. I said, you know, we're going to start more promptly this time, which is what I did, but on mute. Um, Because Sam's actually sandwiched this between two calls, and he said he had a hard stop to me. And I thought, well, hard stop could be a good name for a Hollywood movie. Like, you know, hard stop. One man has 60 minutes to save the world because he has to attend the weekly sprint planning session at three. So I thought it could maybe be a funny, you know, name for a movie. But anyway. Um, today on the lookout, we've got Sam who's the head of product slash strategy or strategy slash product at skip protocol. We can discuss the differences between those two things as well later. Welcome. The lookout is a kind of giant platform that is in a geostationary orbit above the planet where dragon ball Z takes place. And sometimes characters sit on there and kind of look down at the action. I don't actually know, to be honest, I've not seen the show in in enough depth to actually know what they do on it. But that's what this space is, though, right? We take a high level kind of overarching bird's eye look at everything going on in the blockchain space. We invite people, builders, leaders, people with a lot to say, um, to talk about technical topics every Thursday on the same network, X account. Um, I'm your host, Angus, along with Terry, who does DevRel with me say. So let's get into it. We've got Sam Hart here from Skip Protocol. Sam, could you first of all test your microphone, uh, make sure make
2: sure you're not muted, and you can give a quick introduction of yourself, please. Yeah, of course. Hope everybody can hear me. So I'm Sam. Uh, like Angus said, I'm the head of product and strategy at Skip. Um, I'm also a co-founder of a project called TimeWave. Um, and uh, at Skip, we build um, kind of transaction infrastructure. Um, so we have a, an API that does cross-chain routing. Um, we do kind of like the plumbing behind IBC. Um, we have a uh, an interface uh, called ibc.fun, um, which is kind of a, a demonstration of some of that infrastructure. Um, so you can do cross-chain swaps and um, and transfers through that interface, and then we have uh, some block-based products. Um, we have a, a in-protocol um, MEV auction called the Block SDK, um, and then we have a, a new product called Slinky, um, which is a in-protocol oracle um, that can do some some pretty fancy things. Um, and then just briefly, uh Time Wave is a project that came came out of um uh the Atom 2.0 kind of initiative. Uh, it's kind of evolved pretty significantly since then. But um basically it's uh it, there's two kind of core products. One is a um treasury management system for DAOs, um, and then the other is a way to do chain to chain or DAO to DAO agreements. Um starting with uh like liquidity sharing agreements um so happy to get into any and all of that
1: that's a lot of stuff that you just just mentioned um i mean i had it in mind and i teased this as well in a couple of tweets that i did i i wanted to ask you once and for all right at the start what are we talking about here is it the cosmoverse or is it called the interchain? because i've talked to different people they've described the kind of cosmos blockchain ecosystem as
2: as those two different things. What do you think it is? Yeah, I I think that both are kind of acceptable. I So this is just me personally, but I typically think of Cosmos as a design pattern. So it's basically like a, a consensus protocol, um, an application that you're um, that you're validating with that consensus. And then a networking protocol um ibc so it's almost like if people in web who are familiar with web 2 know like the jam stack um it's a it's a software pattern um that actually doesn't have any uh specific um constraints on the implementations of those those components so you can like swap them out but it's like a way of building blockchains. um that's that's how i think about it but you know i don't want to speak for everyone. um and then the interchain um the, you know that word kind of uh came it's, it's supposed to be kind of mirroring the internet and it it is the kind of like set of all interconnected blockchains. so you know uh, it similar to how there are Jamstack applications that like plug into the internet, like you know, there are Cosmos applications that like plug into the interchain.
1: Makes sense. The internet is an interconnected set of networks, and not the international network, as someone has suggested before. Um, and then the interchain is a kind of collection of interconnected blockchains. Makes sense. I think. One of the things when I came into the cosmos, the Cosmoverse, the, the Cosmos ecosystem, having to get get my hands on um, and into the guts of, of a Cosmos blockchain was IBC was kind of a first-class citizen of the whole thing, which I'd worked for a project before that I'd launched the blockchain and then had plans to kind of add on IBC as a, as a kind of, retro retrofit it to the blockchain and one of the things i remember hearing some of the engineering discussions around that was that it was going to be really really difficult to make work and i think working with cosmos i can really see the vision like the future with ibc like interchain communication like transfers between blockchains with ibc it's a really compelling idea and i can see the vision the future of it but i think one of the things that also struck me was the complexity of ibc um i I think you know i sometimes make a joke you know to, to to devs oh if you're bored of debugging on one blockchain use ibc and now you can debug on two three or four blockchains simultaneously um now i wanted to talk to you a bit about IBC and, and IBC.fun and the skip API uh, as far as i understand it's something that kind of basically abstracts away some of the more technical aspects of of running these IBC transfers right
2: yeah that's right so you can um, you can move from one blockchain to another um, and perform an IBC transfer and then we also aggregate over um some of the main dexes in cosmos uh say should be coming very soon there's there's like one thing that say chain needs to add to to make that work um yeah it kind of gets you from a to b in you know starting from the asset that you have and going to the asset that that you want
1: yes and the abc.fun interface is much easier to use than Uh, other ways of doing IBC from what I've uh, explored. So I think think that's something that that is necessary to make IBC more accessible to people. I know that on an infrastructure level, there's a lot of different, basically you have different blockchains and they could be running different versions of of protocols or different implementations and that can result in issues. Another thing that I wanted to get your opinion on was in a blockchain ecosystem, there are various different groups of people who want different things and they play different parts in the ecosystem. So we have the validators who run the nodes, we've got people who run infrastructure, people who build apps, users who use apps. Um, And so one of the things about IBC is that it requires kind of intermediary, like intermediary infrastructure, which which are called relayers that relay these kind of messages. So you have a, a one blockchain; it can send a message. It goes via a relayer, which kind of passes the messages that do these transfers between the blockchains. And w- something that I've I've noticed is that. And this is from talking to people in the community who are who are running these relaying nodes. they're saying that that it's not really been thought through yet or kind of balanced to 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 incentivize these people to run the infrastructure um, and also they're at quite high risk of of when basically they have to spend a lot of of tokens on on transaction fees, because they, they generate a lot of like messages and transactions doing these IBC operations. So I was wondering if you have an opinion on that, like what is how to make IBC more sustainable in future by maybe incentivizing the relayers or figuring out a different way or improving the current way we have of of passing
2: these messages
1: between the chains?
2: Yeah, happy to talk about that. This has been you know, uh, under discussion for, for years. So not a new topic. Um, so when we were developing IBC, um, there were a lot of questions about, um, the topology of the network, um, kind of who the actors, uh, were going to be that, that would, would actually be performing, uh, relaying, um, just what kind of businesses um or, or like transaction flows would be happening and th- it was kind of an explicit decision to um to not include an incentivization scheme in IBC and this was uh really so that we could like see the network evolve and kind of meet the needs of that network um, from a a a kind of Uh, economic incentivization level um and if you think about it like this is how like TCP IP works too like IBC takes a lot of inspiration from TCP TCP IP like it costs money to um run an exchange point and uh uh to run cable from uh the ISP to to your home and to um make sure that the uh the router infrastructure is up to date. Like <clears throat> there's there's actually a lot of maintenance there. There's costs involved. Um but there are businesses built around the TCP IP protocol that service those needs. Um so like that's kind of how I think about it is um there are businesses that uh that are built or should be built around IBC And that are actually already is like starting to happen. There are some relayers who, um, you know, they'll work with chains or foundations to, um, to have like a a service contract. Um, It is a little bit uh, cumbersome at the moment. So there's like a lot that can be done there, but um, there's, uh I mean, we're still very early in in kind of like understanding what the application patterns are, and the way i I see this playing out is like there will be a a set of of um kind of coincident monetization schemes that are built on i b c so um the existing one where relayers uh maybe set up a service contract with a foundation or they um, they use it as a loss leader to solicit delegations, also pretty common. That could still exist. But um, a DeFi app may want to have a kind of premium service and maybe they would kind of contract directly with a relayer to, to relay their packets. Um, there's still some lower level stuff that needs to be worked on that I've done a bunch of work on. So... Um, uh, basically like having an internal, um, uh, representation of fees, uh, that's like queryable, um, that's something that we, we've done at skip, um, and then, uh, being able to, to pay fees in, uh, non-native tokens, um, using that in protocol price, also something that, um, that I've worked on that like should be coming in an upcoming SDK release. So, yeah, there's like a lot of low-level stuff that um, I think e- even to like really build a robust um, cross-chain uh, service, you you kind of want in place. And like, you know, I think it's really going to take the next y- year or so t- for all those pieces to to fall into place.
1: A couple of interesting points in there that I wanted to, to pick up on. Um, first of all, I think it's a really good and informative answer. I think I'm still trying to get my head around IBC on pretty much every level of it. Um, and so when you mentioned, you know, possibly some application might want a premium service, right? So there's a phone going off in the background for me. Um, hopefully it'll, I don't know if you can hear it, but um, so. Is it possible that you could kind of analogize that to um, basically like someone running a kind of premium RPC node for you? Like if you're a project that needs
2: access to blockchain data, you would possibly hold on one second. Yeah, I mean, I can just kind of answer your question already. I kind of know where you're going. Um, yeah, the, you may want um, a... Uh, lower latency response time from your RPC service. Um, similarly, if you purchase an internet service plan, um, the ho- home plan that you have, you know, just for your uh, your apartment, probably going to look, you know, that looks a lot different than the, like, gigabit Ethernet plan that you get for, um, you know, the, your racked server somewhere. Um, and, like, both of those uh, kind of service different customer segments and um, just have different, there's different expectations from from the customers on like w- what good service quality looks like.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. Um, and it's help, helping me to kind of visualize the role that a relayer might play um, and the services that they might offer to different customers. Now, I wanted to kind of, also use this opportunity to steer the conversation in a, in a different way. You mentioned MEV earlier, um, and there was, you know, TimeWave makes kind of tooling that does, among other things, um, MEV type operations. Now, I was, I was wanting to propose to you an idea or something to discuss is that as an IBC relayer, is, there, is it going to be possible that that would possibly, you could use that as a kind of, uh, if, if you ran uh, relayers, for example, and you were dealing with IBC transactions, would that give you an advantage um, to harness, you know, to take advantage of, of MEV that might be um, available if you get the IBC transfers first? And also possibly running a relayer in conjunction with one or or more validators on on chains. Is that something that could help you get an edge in
2: in MEV? Uh, yes. So th- this is a relatively deep question, but um, but yes, absolutely. So just as an example, um, on Osmosis, uh, one can. So, so say you're on say, um, and you want to swap say token to Atom, um, you you can send an ICS20 packet that includes a um, a little tag at the end in the memo uh, that has an instruction to swap your say token to Atom uh, on Osmosis. And if the, um, the, the relayer has that, that information. Um, and so they could uh, potentially back run the transaction on Osmosis. Um, this is a little bit of a, a side note, but like one of the other things that Skip built was an, an automatic backrunning service for Osmosis that like tries to um, perform exactly that operation so that um, so that MEV searchers uh, can't extract that value um, basically it's a return to the osmosis protocol um, but it doesn't get everything so uh, there definitely are this this form of um, kind of advanced information that um, that is extractable through relaying and there's other forms as well but um, basically because these are all state machines that are um, with different pricing information you can uh, if you have kind of advanced information, advanced information about prices in one one domain, you can leverage that to um, uh, perform some, some kind of arbitrage.
1: As you said, a very deep topic.
2: Um, that's what we're here for, though, on the lookout. We, we want to go deep.
1: Last week, we actually had someone called Max Resnick come on. He's the head of research at Special Mechanisms Group. Um, and they do economic research, mainly focusing on on um, things like MEV and, and uh, the mechanisms around that on, on Ethereum. And I think one of the takeaways that I had with my conversation, uh, from my conversation with Max was that MEV is, is extremely complex, uh, both technically, but also, yeah, it goes very deep um, into a kind of, theoretical realm as well. And and kind of any design choices you make will have an impact on on how MEV kind of what the opportunities are. I think now I'm I'm talking with you about it, I'm realizing wow, okay, interchain MEV is kind of a <laughs> a level up from that in complexity. Uh, and and yeah, so it's interesting to talk to you about it. I think we were discussing last week so i was discussing with max the differences between cosmos and you know ethereum mev um and i was wondering yeah do you have can, can you give an explanation of of how it's different on cosmos not interchain but just on a on a single chain i think because the, the kind of the block payout is a bit different, isn't it? The validators aren't necessarily paid, you know, just their blocks. It's kind of split up according to some sort of formula between all the the, the active validators or something,
2: right? Yeah, there are a couple differences. Um, I mean, one difference is that there is orders of magnitude, more liquidity and um, kind of opportunities for single domain MEV extraction on Ethereum. So, you know, we're talking, uh, they're kind of different ballgames right now. I mean, one would hope that uh, Cosmos has a lot more volume in the near future and things definitely seem to be trending up. Um, But I want (laughs) to, I want to like preface this by um, giving a benchmark for where Cosmos is at. Um, From a technical standpoint, Cosmos. Cosmos chains are um they use comet BFT, so it is a fast finality chain. Um and the block times uh range anywhere from six seconds to on say they're they're super fast. Um and you know it's like sub, sub second. Uh, um I only like got a little bit of that. I don't know if that's me or you, but you're k- kind of breaking up. It might be, um, it should be my could be my connection but I was saying say
1: has less than 400 millisecond lock types if anyone was wondering
2: yeah super impressive super super impressive um, but uh, after 400 milliseconds you have finality um, which is also very cool and um, that means that uh, a um, you can design protocols with that in mind um, so after that, Uh, 400 milliseconds, you can say, okay, well, that, that was the, um, you know, this is the state of the world. I, I can like take action on that state. Um, and it also gives, uh, arbitragers or market makers, uh, additional certainty that when they get a response from the chain, that something's been finalized, uh, that, um, that position is locked in. So, um, they can, Perform uh like arbs against other chains or other dexes like it um with uh a <clears throat> lower cost of capital um and they they can kind of move out of that position after they have have this kind of finality um there are some other things that we have worked on that um that we think are pretty unique for cosmos chains so one is um, we ha- have this uh, the system called the Block SDK, which has a um, basically dedicates a portion of the block specifically for um, uh, arbitragers. and we run a credible auction uh, at the top of the block. So um, basically, all of the validators. Um, share information about their mempool, about the bids in their mempool for this top of block slot. And um, we, can, uh, we can kind of aggregate um, the snapshots of the mempool to determine um, a, an inclusion list of bids which are then sorted, and the top bid makes it into the block. And the reason that this is important is um, it removes discretion from the validator uh, with regard to which bid is chosen. Um, and uh, this is a big problem in Ethereum because um, basically, the an Ethereum um, proposer when they're when they're creating the block. Um, they can um, remove a transaction from their mempool silently. Um, this is this isn't an accountable process, uh, and so um, that that monopoly bas- basically gives them monopolistic power to um, extract rent from from this auction um, by removing the discretion of the validator to. Uh, to selectively include or exclude uh, bids, um, the protocol can internalize um, those revenues from, from the auction. So um, that's definitely a, a Cosmos chain superpower, for sure.
1: That's a very interesting approach. We, we discussed in some length the kind of the proposer builder separation mechanic last week and how, you know, the the people, the, the, the validators who won the right to build the block sold the, the kind of, yeah, the, wait. So the proposer wins the right to propose the block and then, you know, basically there's an auction for the right to kind of build, put the transactions together with the block and then somebody else gets to, so so you can so yeah basically there's this auction where where people bid on on what they want to have including the block and so then this is different though because is it the the case that the validator on that that uses this cosmos mechanism has to accept the highest bids they can't choose to not accept some bids even
2: if they have a higher higher yeah. uh you know costs associated with them yeah that's right Look, i can summarize so uh, in, in ethereum they have Proposer builder separation. The proposer is the validator. It's the validator that is proposing the block, and the builder is um, basically the market maker. It's the off chain actor who is uh, um, constructing, you know, a, a dex trade or whatever. And um, in Ethereum, the uh, the builder bids on um, the right to for their built block to be submitted by the proposer. But the proposer has, you know, the power to um, kind of arbitrarily uh, deny that that block. Uh, So that gives them the ability to extract rent. Um, And in Cosmos, we remove that ability. Um, We basically say, okay, here's all of the bids for this block portion, um, it's actually slightly different. We, we, we allow, um, just a portion of the block to be auctioned off, which has some, some benefits. So it's just the top of the block that's, that's built by an independent party. And, um, for the top of that block, uh, all bids are, are included. We have insurance that all bids will make it into the block. And, uh, in this way, the proposer really cannot do anything the The only thing that they are able to do is not make a block at all um in which case you uh the tenement round or the comet b f t round advances, and the next proposer can only submit uh a block that corresponds to the one that the protocol tells them to so um that means that the the protocol can um can uh, absorb that, that auction revenue rather than the proposer. Yes. Okay. That makes sense.
1: And that was a great summary. So thank you. I think I got confused and I've just thought it out right now. I feel like building something to me seems quite, uh, solid. Like that's quite a, uh, a definite action. Whereas proposing something to me seems quite, you know, uh preliminary right whereas it's actually the wrong way round the way i'm thinking about it you build the block and then you can do that to your advantage and then someone's got to propose the block and the consensus mechanism so the person proposing actually has all the power yeah. but i was just thinking about it the wrong way around
2: um, yeah the distinction is like the the builder is um is kind of a uh sophisticated entity that is tracking chain state. They're also probably like trading on binance or you know other chains, and they're they're doing other things on these chains that like counter trades. and then they build a candidate block. Um, the candidate block is passed to the proposer, and then the the proposer like terminology comes directly from this like the consensus scheme, like comet bFt. so they are proposing a can a, a candidate block for the consensus protocol which is then voted on by by comment yes
1: i'd like to mention for the record as well i've traded on binance and i'm certainly not a sophisticated actor um but it's interesting that we're we're, we're discussing the, these kind of um the, the 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 similarities and differences between the 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 core blockchain of ethereum and you know one built using what's called the interchain stack of the cosmos sdk now something that's happening soon right is say we'll integrate the evm into the blockchain and so that's been something that 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 i told you i wanted to talk to you about sam Um, and so the idea of of integrating in in the interchain stack you've got Cosm Wasm, which is you can write smart contracts and you can run them on your blockchain. But now there's a bunch of projects, um, including Evmos, Say, obviously, um, Berachain, who are kind of implementing in one way or another the EVM in uh, either alongside Cosm Wasm um, or instead of it, right? And so I was wondering what you thought about that, you know, implementing other execution environments, right? And smart contracts, programming languages um, and platforms in the stack.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm all for it. Um, I mean, this is what Cosmos is good for is like this modularity gives the ability to experiment with different combinations. Um, I would like to see one of every prominent um, virtual machine Built on Cosmos. Um, and most of them are here. So I mean, there's there's a Wasm virtual machine, there's an EVM, uh, there is a Move virtual machine. Um, I am not a hundred percent sure if there's an SVM virtual machine um just yet, but like uh at risk, also not hundred percent sure there's one yet but yeah i would like to see all of those kind of flourish in cosmos um in my mind it's it's similar to you know i, I made this jam stack analogy before like okay well uh if you want to um swap out the like static rendering layer with like a you know from a javascript one to like a ruby one it's like great like you know that allows you to have like ruby devs you know building jamstack applications like same same idea um i would i would love to see them all uh you know interoperate with each other so actually like using ibc um that would be that would be my kind of one preference i think
1: uh the what what do you want to see in interoperating
2: with ibc the different oh, just like each of these instantiations of of like chains with new virtual machines like it'd, it'd be nice to be able to talk to them via IBC ah yes okay so
1: yeah so it could be, because if you have two different VMs running on the same chain in the same client then that wouldn't necessarily need IBC but if they yeah. want to talk, yeah, interchange, yeah so- IBC. But, but what I was wanting to ask you because this is something that we actually had a couple of guests on from a, a podcast called VM Wars, which just started recently. I highly recommend everyone to go and check it out. Um, and also, Sam, you might want to, uh, you know, take a look at it yourself, um, both as a listener and possibly as a future guest, because those guys are really interested to talk to. Um, they like Move. Um, we had a really good discussion about the EVM as well. And, and you know, there's kind of a two different – I think we're – Pretty much at a fork in the road right now in terms of people's opinions. Some people say, "Right, EVM, is the future. It's got the momentum, and it's not going anywhere." Some people say, "Okay, um, EVM is going to get superseded by these other newer, more superior, you know, more up de- to date, better technologies um, like Move, CosmWasm." So. What I was wondering was, if we see a kind of proliferation of EVM functionality into the interchain, right, into the Cosmoverse, um, what do you think that means for CosmWasm as well? Because I know people who are into CosmWasm are really into it, right? There's a lot of people who are really, really enthusiastic about CosmWasm. But from what I hear from a lot of the devs that I talk to is that it's quite a steep learning curve um, and it's quite difficult to get into. So I think... I've got the feeling that like if the EVM is available for a lot of these devs, they're just gonna go with that, right? And I don't know what that means for kind of WASM and, and the community. I'd also like to say before, Sam, you answer that question, if people have questions for a Q&A section, please submit them now because we're gonna do that um, in the next five, 10 minutes. Uh, and we're gonna sh- finish on the hour sharpish today. So um, if you've got questions, put them into the chat or, or tweet box or whatever it is now. So yeah, Sam, what do you think? Proliferation of EVM and Cosmos, what does it mean for Cosmosm, et cetera?
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think that any Cosmosm dev would want to touch the EVM again. It's like not a very fun thing to interact with. Um, people kind of begrudgingly use the EVM, um, primarily because they there are integrations into existing DeFi protocols and the tool chain is really good. Um so I would like to see you know the toolchain improve a lot for Cosmosm. Um yeah I don't I don't think that Cosmosm is going anywhere. Um I also think that like we are at the very beginning stages of this whole thing. Like none of these are actually the end state. None of these have privacy like like the end goal is to have private blockchains. Like we cannot stop until we have, we have like actual user privacy. Um, so, like we have to like view these as uh, projects that are in their infancy, and until we're getting to that stage. Um, so, I think that there will continue to be a role for EVM. There will continue to be a role for Cosmosm. Um, there's also just, like, a lot of very interesting things, um, with, like, just-in-time compiling that I'm, like, starting to see now. So, yeah, there's just, there's just, like, a lot of, uh, pretty cool unlocks, I think, in the the virtual machine realm.
1: Okay, interesting. I think yeah i I'm, I'm I'm merely an observer in this process, um, and it, I, I think as well it's a bit like watching a river flow. You can't really influence where it's going too much. You kind of just got to watch where it goes and go with the flow. Um, it's a very exciting thing to be in and around and involved with, um, I suppose. and so yeah i, I can I can kind of see both futures um i think as the vm wars podcast title suggests i think we're going to see you know some some healthy competition between the, the the different vms um in future i think i usually liken it to cloud software uh cloud hardware providers right um like cloud services you know developers don't fight each other um you know at conferences aws versus azure versus google cloud right it's like if you're a cloud architect or engineer you get a certificate in all three because then you can do more jobs and and you know you can give the client what they want and i think you know in in blockchain i think probably something similar will happen where if you're an engineer it will just make sense to 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 learn you know,
2: VMs, if there's demand for people who want you to build apps on the VMs, right? So, yeah, yeah I can kind of see... There's also a ton of opportunities for, um, like, uh, languages that compile down to different v- VMs, like intermediate languages. Um, a VM is actually, like, well, well, first of all, very, very few people, like, know how to use the EVM. Like, you're not writing in like EVM bytecode like you're writing in solidity and um you could actually compile solidity to another vm if you wanted to or you could um th- th- there there are like intermediate languages like yule for instance that like you can compile um you know move to yule that then compiles down to e- like um, to EVM bytecode this is all to say like um, we we haven't even like started the uh this like progression towards abstraction um and um yeah d- just don't don't call it too early like we're we're very uh far away from from like the state that we should be um with the development experience and um really like the the level of abstraction that that um, mechanism designers, DeFi protocol designers are are working in?
1: Yeah. I
2: I've,
1: I know what you mean. I, I've heard that before, right, with, with with Wasm. I think basically we are so early to quote the crypto meme. We are so early with Wasm. I think um, I know or Just, that, just that to
2: give you an example, like the, like Apple switched from like at x86 to arm right and like you didn't even realize you, you had no idea like you just like got your new macbook and they're like now you're on arm and then like you 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 have your iCloud update and that's like everything's back back like it was like you, you don't notice that you're using arm now um like that is the level that we're talking about here like virtual machine like risk is literally a like a machine architecture. Um, so, uh, I I have like high degree of confidence that um, there will be innovation there, um, and that there will be kind of like further um, uh, kind of isolation from the development experience to allow for developers to, like have you know better ergonomics, more safety features. Um, and just like better reasoning capability about about their application
1: yeah i I think it's good to mention as well that one of the strengths you brought up of the evm was the tool chain and i think when you're talking about that lower level um you know architecture the tool, you know, the tool chain is very important, right? And and so if you've got to write your smart contracts in like C++ or Rust or something, that can, can be a bit of a barrier to, to developers versus something like JavaScript, right? But then, you know, someone's got to write the, the tool chain or the middleware to get from, from JavaScript to Wasm. And... Yeah, uh, obviously I noticed when I went from x86 to ARM, but but I, I I take your point. Is is that one wouldn't notice? Most people wouldn't have noticed. Um, I think it's a it's a good point as well that this is really under the hood stuff, right? Um, but that's what we're here for, on the lookout. So um, we're coming to ten minutes to go. I think uh, as well, it's worth mentioning that. Um, the title of this is Discussing App Chains and Modular Chains, and we haven't really discussed either of those. So I will put a question into you now, Sam, about App Chains insofar as, what I meant when I, when I wrote that out was, um, what, one of the kind of theses um, that was kind of going around the, the, the Cosmoverse was that the idea of App Chains. Like, you know, you, you'd build your own, you'd, you'd have this toolkit, to build a blockchain um, that would make it a lot easier than, than it was current, like before, like rolling your own, coding your own, writing your own blockchain. So then you have this kit. So if you want to build an app, rather than running it on top of somebody else's blockchain, you kind of spin up your own chain and then it's right there for you. You've got your whole uh, your own whole blockchain to, to run your app on. But as we've talked about, right, IBC is still in a very early stage. Um, in the grand scheme of things and you know other things like liquidity access to liquidity um, and interoperability between these chains can make the experience of building stuff in an app chain slightly um less easy than it is building on on a kind of an L1 chain. So I was wondering if you had any thoughts about the future of of the app chain thesis. You know, each app having its own blockchain.
2: Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, one one thing that is not part of the app chain thesis is like that it is going to be easier than deploying a smart contract. Um, like n- no one's claiming that. Um, really, app chain thesis can be summed up as. Uh, there will be some latent demand for vertical integration. Like it's very simple. Like if you're a, a successful app, you will want to um, increase your margins and capture value from layers below you. So, you know, those things include um, MEV, like we were discussing before, uh, which is is a whole realm of... Um, of kind of value leakage and, and potential value capture um and then uh you know various forms of of order flow um if you want to experiment with your own you know uh with like certain efficient efficiencies so you want to have a new uh virtual machine or um uh there's a whole bunch of kind of functionality benefits that you could um, kind of cut out third parties so this is one of the things that the oracle um product that we recently developed at skip does it's like a an oracle that is owned by your chain rather than like interacting with third party um so yeah all these things are like they they kind of increase your margin and allow you to have you know a very kind of sculpted user experience um you know your app works just the way just the way you want um you know say is is an app chain like you you just you decided not to build say on ethereum right it's like well we're going to do something else and like that is the app chain thesis in a nutshell so everything is an app chain basically ethereum is an app chain. Yeah, it's an app chain that like, you know, where its functionality is to provide this smart contract um, platform. But if you have a, you know, an enormously successful application on say, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, it pains me to say this, but like they will have an incentive to build their own chain because there will be value leakage to, sh- to say. And there are ways to retain customers like that. But, you know, this is just like how business works is like, um once you get to a a certain level like you you want to you know optimize the um your costs and um you know build some kind of moat around your business, which often requires building custom functionality
1: Well, so I think in that case the the future of app chains is very bright um by our definition of everything as an app chain. I think I agree with you um people who become projects which become successful uh, you know they they might think well we can have a pop at this how hard can it be let me tell you as someone who's been around this happening for several years building an l1 is not as easy as you think it is um it takes a lot of effort a lot of um, work there's a lot of moving parts but yeah, I think I'm I'm with you Sam. I think people are still going to try it when they have something that's successful. Um so we're coming up to to 5 minutes to go now. Did you have anything else that you wanted to
2: speak about Sam? Just because I know you've got a hard stop. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um I mean I I feel kind of obligated to plug um ibc.fun so you guys should mess around with you know, using Cosmos and swapping and stuff on ibc.fun. IBC.
1: Um, to to use ibc.fun. Uh, also follow Sam on X, follow me as well. Follow state <laughs> network, follow all the speakers on X, um, check out slinky as well. The Oracle product. That's very interesting as well. Really? So, yes. Plugging. That's, that's very important. I sometimes forget to do the plugging. It's very, very important though. Um, yeah, but it's it's been a great conversation, um, and I'd like to thank you as well at this point for coming on. It's been really good. Uh, we should probably rename the lookout to the MEV lookout because that seems to be a, a kind of common theme. <laughs> but it is, it's is—it's just
2: such a broad and deep topic uh, with, with so much complexity. Yeah, um, I'm surprised we had this much audience retention with me just rambling on about MEV for 20 minutes.
1: Well, I mean, I have my uh, blame in that situation as well, because I started it. But I think um, we are building a, a, a dedicated audience of people who um, they are interested in this stuff, right? Um, and, and I think that's what we're trying to do here is, is just provide a place where we can talk about technical things, um, do a little bit of plugging, sure. Um, but really, yeah, kind of be free to to explore, ramble off you know, onto technical topics. Um, And I'm sure you know. I think we're going to be hearing more about MEV on Cosmos blockchains. I think I think you're right. I think one of the reasons that it's been the focus has been on Ethereum is because of of the DeFi there and the higher value in terms of of TVL. Um, You know, if 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 those things go up, if there's more interest, uh, more usage, more volume, more apps. On Cosmos SDK blockchains in future, I think we'll see some of these people figuring out how to do MEV in weird and wacky ways in future as well. Um I guess, you know, do we get our own
2: Jared from Subway? That is the question. Oh my God. <laughs> I guess I guess that's what success looks like.
1: That would be yeah, the ultimate sign of success. Um okay so I, I i've kind of not really been paying too much attention to the the chat yeah, i'm gonna have a Do you want to
2: pick one one question before we go from the, the audience yes
1: but to be honest right and i'm kind of showing my ineptitude here with this particular strain of technology i don't really know how to I, there's been kind of like some tweet replies um but i think we've not really got any um questions uh that anyone wants to ask in particular um but so in lieu of making one up for you i think you know um i think we can just draw it to a close there unless you know well, do you want to ask me any questions
2: uh no i mean i'm i'm really grateful for you having me on um should also mention that uh skip's going to be integrating with say like very very soon so um i'm, I'm super excited to kind of learn more about the say ecosystem. It Seems like you guys are growing super quickly, and there's just like lots of lots of fun stuff kind of coming coming up.
1: That's great to hear. We will obviously be delighted to welcome you on board. Um, it's going to be interesting to take a look at, at Slinky as well. Um, and yeah, you know, thanks for coming on. Um, tell tell other people about the lookout both uh, as a listener um, and a guest perspective, we're always interested in hearing from people who have something to say. Um, Technically, uh, as you've, as you've just experienced, we don't always just talk about say it's it's about kind of anything technical in the blockchain space. Um, So yeah, thanks so much for coming on, Sam. I'm going to leave you with a minute spare so you can prepare for your next call. Thank you everyone for listening. Tune in again next week. We've actually got a really good guest booked in. I've just, Finalized today. You'll be excited. You keep an eye out on my Twitter feed um, and the Say Network Twitter feed as well. So, so, obviously, follow me, follow Say Network, follow Sam Hart. Um, tune in next week. We've got a really good guest. And also, we've got developer office hours every Wednesday if you're building something and you've got any questions. So, thank you very much, everyone. Goodbye. Thanks so. all. Bye. What the fuck
0: streaming out looking for mercy, before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey, what could be worse, misrepresenting the first come first serve, mentality stuck in the burbs, I'll be numbing up first, before discovering what works, and we'll see what other kinds of trash is under the dirt, we rape and under the earth, sit and wonder about the worth and play, ring around the rosy while the thunder is served, motherfuckers walking around here looking faceless, trying to make a living, southern friendship bracelets, dead ants dragging out the max amount of payments, red down days, got them acting all bankless, Your no fam, what? Check these token tokenomics. They probing this bear. Flexing broken. Honest. I had to lay my soul down. I'm just roasting Nottas. And then to end a long day, 11 bowls of chronic. Never known the politic. I was born to frolic. It's been my policy to pollinate all over the plot. We got a lot of apologists jumping in at the top. We like to measure their velocity before they hit rock bottom. Over impossible loss. It's all moss. And I'm liking the odds. Bond doing the morning. Forming mycological bonds. Flick the cap. Yo, the road is highly involved. Flip a. Clowns, white knight, and all these Maybellines. They call it implausible when model after model keeps on ripping off the coat and going full throttle beats. Tearing apart your community. All these low-hanging fruits bearing zero liquidity. Got a planet in reach, coming standard to each. I'm on the back, ten star gazing after the siege. Commanding all the management to grab a few seats. And then we'll round up the beast and send a messenger east. Y'all better sign a release when I'm bumping these beats. Hands up if I got motherfuckers drumming the streets. Yo, we got a few dubs, we got.